Man, I wish Just Watch would just uh, would sponsor us. It'd be like the perfect sponsor. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. In this episode, we're getting hyped for DC's fandom, Mike. You, hype, you know hype, what? Hype, hype. No, no slights there. I'm actually excited, too. <laughs> yeah, I am, I am as well. Actually, this is, this is very authentic. This is not uh, a backhanded compliment here, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, Mike was very disappointed when Avatar loses its original creators for the live action series. Oh, I wish emojis had sound effects so I could play the sound effect of the sad emoji. It's, it's, it's more <laughs> like a like a one of those sad trombones. Yeah, or like a slide yeah. whistle, like. Yeah, exactly. We 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 hear it in our heads, Mike, and that's what matters. <laughs> We've got some superhero video game deets. And more De- deets. I always deets. love the deets. Got to find the deets. I, I had, I was like, I just don't want to say superhero video game news. Like, yeah, it's generic. <laughs> of course, we got that. So I said deets. Get with it. Get it hip. Maybe, maybe I can. Maybe one day I'll have a TikTok, Mike. You never know. Yeah, well, it's like one of the few things we can uh, look forward to. Uh, not a whole lot of movies coming out this year. Uh, the TV show releases are going to start to slow down as kind of the schedules mm-hmm. have kind of halted, you know, because TV shows are always uh, slated to release uh, much later after they're created. Uh, so now we kind of like got the video games to look forward to, but also I'm sure those will probably start to slow down too. Uh, and yeah. uh, especially if you like to play Fortnite on an iPhone or a Google Android device, <laughs> yeah. you, you can't get into that right now, that's for sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole different beast. Uh, Epic taking on Apple and Google's, um, uh, I guess, monetary policies in the App Store is the the crux of this whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, don't get me wrong, Mike. I I you know this. I just bought a brand new Apple computer. I have tons <laughs> of Apple devices. However, uh, in in this regard, I, I think I stand with Epic. I think you know there's a there's a time when you get too big for your own britches, and then you're yeah. the 1984. Yeah, I think it was described. I think I saw it best described somewhere where it was like a billion dollar corporation uh, and a like a multi million dollar corporation like fighting each other, and you're just kind of like, mm-hmm. I guess uh, you just kind of stand back and just wait yeah. and see what happens because like you can't really do anything about it. It's also yeah. kind of funny because I believe if you've already had the app installed, it's still there. It's not yes. kind of like how Apple in the past has like totally cut off apps before to cease them from working. So you. You know, if you're already hardcore into mobile Fortnite, which I just can't fathom in my head, I could never play a shooter on my phone. But oh. you know, some people uh, manage it. You know, it's uh, the it's the it's the Zoomers that understand how to use it. I don't get it, but if it's already on your phone, you're fine. Yeah, I have it on my iPad, and I took it with me whenever I went out of town uh, last month, and um, I actually won the only game I played on it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's because you know I play so much of the the console version, and I had my Xbox controller hooked up to the iPad through Bluetooth. Um, I don't know if that gave me an advantage, and people were upset. But I did win the first game I played with on tablet. You were but you were channeling your inner Zoomer, and then right after you finished winning yeah. that game, you went on Instagram and you uh, bought stuff that was advertised to you. Yeah, like, I, I like yeeted the, something <laughs> like the true uh, Gen Z or you are. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we, we we purchase a lot of uh, content through the internet. Uh, you know, we're all in the snacks and stuff, and now we're we're diving into some some more weird food stuff here. I've got 
what uh, in a brain boosting energy drinks and sodas coming in and <laughs> and you've got chicken nuggets of, of some kind so yeah we, we had some uh, fans uh, reach out through uh, 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 email and social media and they were saying they were digging our little food reviews at the top of the show so uh, we'll keep that going whenever we come across some new stuff Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We boy, we're always looking. That's, that's all you can do right right now. Um, because I haven't done I haven't done much else. I was trying to think of what I did this week to put in our corn stream because you know that's how we kick off our show. And I'm like, I haven't really done a whole lot. Um, I think you and I got to play some some Call of Duty this week together finally uh, for uh-huh. the first time in a couple of weeks. Um, but I, yeah, I just really just kind of came home and just kind of zoned out for a bit. Um, and then spent half of Friday. You know, putting up my laundry, get myself together a little bit. So I, I feel I feel better about that this week, and looking forward to a a, a week back at it, if you will. Yeah, I've, I've scheduled out my lawn mowing for Tuesday. That's <laughs> that's how ahead of the game I am here. Oh, you just threw your uh, fake Gen Z card away for sure if you're scheduling mm-hmm. your lawn mowing. Exactly, it's a, it's a, it's a battery powered lawn mower. So I'm like, <laughs> you're, meet me halfway. <laughs> you're like reaching up now, out of millennial into like a, a Gen X. That's what the Gen Xers are doing right now, mowing lawns. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't. I. Yep. Yeah, they they could be. I don't know. I couldn't <laughs> tell you. Um. But Mike, yeah, you got you watched some stuff here. Um. One of them I I recommended uh, you watch and put and put together for you a while ago. But the other ones, this is an eclectic list, and you, yeah, you need we, to break down what made you qu- choose these the shows. Yeah, we got quite a corn stream here. I won't uh, belabor any of them too long because I think we got some fun news this week. But first off, uh, a documentary series which aired on HBO earlier this year, a uh, six-part series. We're now four parts into it. It's McMillions. It's the story of how the uh, Monopoly game in McDonald's has been fixed and rigged for years and years and years. Uh, I think once we get to the final episode, I think they'll finally put it together and let us know how many years that have been going on for. But from what we you've seen so far it seems to have happened for i would say maybe close to a decade if not it's always been uh rigged so it's a fascinating uh look at how the fbi like uh uh did the investigation and it's a very easy accessible documentary sometimes you'll watch something really fascinating but it's hard to recommend to people because it's like oh you're going to be so sad when you finish Mm -hmm. watching this documentary about this person that went missing and all of the investigators did everything wrong and mishandled the evidence or you'll recommend something and it's like oh you got to watch this documentary but you'll never be able to drink water again because all water is tainted and you can't consume anything anymore or you'll die this one's a lot easier because everybody knows the the monopoly game in mcdonald's the stakes are relatively low uh for what you see out there compared to other documentaries of like you know uh child uh you know child war criminals in like different parts of the world so uh this one's just fun easy setback uh there's a standout fbi officer in this uh, documentary that's just hysterical he's uh the type of guy that you know honestly they would probably make movies or tv shows about uh and he He's a talker and he's hilarious and you you just got to watch it just mainly for this guy. Uh, uh, I'll put it to you this way. The FBI early on in this documentary series uh, sits down with a couple people from McDonald's to kind of tell them what they've uncovered. And this young hotshot FBI agent rolls into the meeting late and he decided today of all days would be a good day to wear his golden suit. So it seemed like he was somebody that worked for a McDonald's and everybody just had their hand, their face in their hands when this guy walked in. It's just hilarious. It's, it's, I imagine he was fun to work with, but also stressful. So he really makes the documentary. So check out McBillions on. On HBO. I don't know if you've heard of it, Chris. I don't know if you've heard of the scandal at all. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I mean, who hasn't played McDonald's Monopoly? I, <laughs> I can't tell you the number of calories I've ingested to get those pieces. Did I ever win anything worth value? No. But uh, they, they had me. They had me hooked to, to, to collect the things, and I'm kind of glad it's gone. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with it, and um, you know, maybe, maybe I can get a chance to, to, to catch it later. Yeah, but continue, yeah, continue, continue. Yeah, you gotta con- check con- it out. So uh, next up here on the Quarren stream, we have the uh, new film that dropped on Netflix called Project Power, which we talked about a little bit on the show a few weeks ago. It's from a directing duo and then a third kind of writing partner that are all kind of teed up to make a, a Mega Man movie in the next year or two. Don't know if it's going to be live action or CG or what exactly they're going for. So uh, this one it was an original idea. I was surprised to see that something was being a something was being made that wasn't adapted off of something else that's considered a superhero property but it stars uh, Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, it's uh, it's out on Netflix right now. It was obviously uh, number one in their kind of a catalog of uh, movies because whenever a new movie drops on Netflix it usually goes to number one but uh, the wife you and I think checked they have out. like people <laughs> who just like here, here's new and they just go to new and that's oh. all they watch oh absolutely because even when they add new movies that aren't technically new like Kevin James's The Zookeeper which is several years old now that rocketed up to like number one or number two when it was added to the catalog so yeah it's yeah. just like oh it's something different to the catalog mm-hmm. let's check it out so uh, unfortunately Project Power definitely fell short for me uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's has there's no subtlety involved for a storyline that actually has a lot of interesting premises and a lot going on for it but it's just nothing was they didn't really capitalize on any one idea it seemed like somebody came up with this um when they were just like, I don't know, sitting down having a beer and then they got halfway through writing the the idea down on a napkin and figured this was good enough to start filming. Uh, it just, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is like the most underdeveloped out of all of them. And it made a whole lot of sense uh, because I saw an article online this weekend that said, oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt completely improvised his backstory for Project Power. And it's just like, yeah, it totally shows. So uh, I was I was excited to watch it because when the trailer came out the other week, um, I said that the special effects in it looked really, really good. And, you know, it might be it might be worth it just to watch it to see the money that Netflix put into this uh this high budget action film and I think that's oh. still fair to say the special effects were pretty good for the most part but there were some kind of cringe inducing parts where like a super powered person who has like all of this time and attention put to their you know CG look you know knocks down a door but then the door looks like it's could get a little bit uh, more work done to it so yeah it's hard for me to recommend uh, Project Power yeah. I, you know I, I don't know if you've watched it yet Chris no, no, I'm not watching. But that was I, I, I came across a review. You know, doing doing stuff for the show, you you do get spoilers. You get early impressions. You get reactions. You do a better job hiding it. I, I don't care as much. Um, <laughs> and that was usually the impression. They're like, yeah, it's okay, but like, it's not like, oh my gosh, game changing. You need to go watch this right now, kind of deal. Uh-huh. And I think that's kind of the consensus I've seen across the board but i think it was also competing this week it didn't correct me if I'm wrong birds of prey landed on hbo max um, yeah i for saw streaming. that so i think I, people's attention might have gone to that one in, instead of this as well yeah 
Yeah, quite possibly. So uh, Project Power, a little unfortunate there. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, next up, we have Guns Akimbo, which has yes. kind of hit the digital streaming landscape uh, this year. Uh, right now, it's streaming up on Amazon Prime. And this one, uh, as you might remember, you might recall, uh, stars uh, Daniel Radcliffe in uh, mm-hmm. bare slippers, a robe, and he has guns bolted to his hands. And this is this is adapted off material, right? I thought this was adapted off of like a graphic novel or a comic or something. I'm not 100% sure. It seems like there was source material involved in this one. Uh, I'm but, not seeing uh, anything like that now. Uh, all right. Well, here we go. We got another original idea. Now, for me, if Project Power uh, was something where um, – something where no subtlety was involved with the plot. The Guns Akimbo is the exact opposite, <laughs> where the yes. film is 100% all style, no substance anywhere on this film whatsoever. But unfortunately for me, the style was not enough to get me through this movie. Uh, the two leads, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, and I forgot the the, the female Weaving. Yeah, she was also in Ready or Not, which she had a good performance in that film as well uh, late last year that's also streaming this year. Uh, when they finally get together in the film and they start uh, they start uh, having this uh, relationship back and forth, you know, I started digging that connection, but there is some really cringy dialogue going mm-hmm. on in here. There's a lot of characters that pick up the idiot stick, if you will, and do just the dumbest thing that the character could possibly do. Like I, I, it feels like I'm being like a like a like a downer at a party and like wanting a little bit of um, not realism, but it's just kind of like okay, how good is this person with a gun? And then why all of a sudden in the third act they can't hit shit? Or it's the total opposite, where at the beginning of the movie they couldn't shoot anything, but now they can shoot and kill everything. So uh, <laughs> this movie wasn't wasn't necessarily for me, but I went online to see what people thought about this film when it came out, and it seemed like there was a handful of people that really kind of just dug the mindless action of it so uh, I personally wouldn't recommend uh, the film but I think some other people would very readily oh, recommend well, I mean, it. Now, I this is one that you have this is one that you have seen right Chris right I mean I, I reviewed it on the, on that the show a couple months ago and I, I think I'm the other way I, I think this is one of those things where it is so ridiculous like we don't have enough just mindless movies right like everything just tries to hit the middle ground and this one I think it's one of those things, again, the whole premise is Daniel. there's this universe where, like, social media runs it, and that, I think that heavy-handedness was way too much. Like, don't get on social media, <laughs> don't let it run your life. But in this, like, you get chosen by social media to go and do, like, 1v1s in the street. So it kind of made a lot of, like, I was um, uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie um, where he's in the future and he's in that game show. Um, do you remember which one? That, was that Running Man? I think it's uh, Running Man. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, so it's a lot like a, a, a modern version of Running Man. Um, and, and, and to think, you know, again, everyone's seen the picture of Daniel Radcliffe in the bathrobe with the guns and the slippers, right? So mm-hmm. he, he there's someone where he, he runs his mouth too much online, and the next thing you know, he's in deep. I think the the best part of this, and, and it's I'll, we'll talk about it later, but there's a, a rooftop scene at the end. And um, it, it's, it's completely batshit crazy but i'm like i need a little batshit crazy in this movie <laughs> just to have some fun yeah um but i mean it's one of those things i didn't stare at it i didn't expect this movie to change my life but at the same time, i'm like i was on my phone i was texting you during it like i was like i don't have to sit down and watch it this is like you know how i would watch a a transformers movie these days like gotcha. i'm not gonna sit down and give it my full attention like i can watch this play on my phone look back up you know and and, and listen to it yeah 
I would say um, that's a that's a solid rec. That's a solid yeah, rec right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the other thing is the actress Samara Weaving, who looks very different in this movie because she's kind of like well, that cyberpunk look to a lot of these yeah. people on this side. Mm-hmm. Um, she is in two big movies coming out um, this year. Bill and Ted Face the Music. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was supposed to be um, uh, one of the main characters in Snake Eyes that was pushed back to the last year. Mm. Yeah, so I think her career on, is really really taken off. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, if I had to recommend a movie in similar in tone, but I think effectively um, uh, produces a better film, would be uh, Clive Owen Shoot 'Em Up. It's, yeah. a, it's a similar style of film where everything's very bombastic. Uh, nothing's really grounded in reality, but I feel like the story's a lot simpler to follow. Um, you know, it's definitely more of a straight line, yeah. and I think a little bit more fun. Uh, so, yeah, if you're looking for something like that and you've already well, seen Guns Akimbo and you liked it, I think you'd really like Shoot 'Em Up. Yeah, I think I, I mean I, lo- I love shoot him up. I think the difference is in shoot him up, he's very um, confident in his abilities. And this one, Daniel Radcliffe is essentially playing if Harry Potter had guns on his hands uh, a little bit, <laughs> like just kind of clueless, like caught in the middle of everything, not knowing what to do. So I agree, shoot him up. Shoot him up's a fun, fun, mindless uh, action movie, kind of mm. like Crank. You remember Crank? I've never seen Crank, but I saw oh, some people man. bring up that film when they were talking about Guns Akimbo. <laughs> yeah, you should watch Crank with Jason Statham. That'll That'll really get you. Right. But instead, you went a little further back. You you adjusted your time travel knob for shows <laughs> and movies a little too far and landed in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Let's bring it back to the 90s, too. A Michael J. Fox double feature, which I think would be a delight for any household. So first up in 1996, we have The Frighteners, which I learned a little bit more about this movie when I looked it up for the podcast so I could kind of talk it about talk about it a little bit more intelligently. But this was a film I watched many times growing up. And when I was much younger, it kind of scared me because this is kind of categorized, I would say, as like kind of a thriller, horror, comedy, if you will. But if you're mm-hmm. a little on the younger side, you might be a little spooked because there's lots of really weird, bizarre characters in this film that I just loved how they're dreamed up. There's this really weird FBI agent that has all these weird quirks and ticks. There's like these random like um, like reporters that live in town that are just really hyper, uh, just stylized. And I love everything about it. And then you have Michael J's Fox character, who is this paranormal investigator, which due to a near-death experience can see and kind of talk and facilitate actions with ghosts. So he teams up with these uh, this ghost duo, and they just go around haunting people. And then he sells his services to these people being, being haunted. And it's just a really fun premise. And what I didn't realize was... This was directed and written by Peter Jackson, and it's a Robert Zemeckis film, and apparently Robert Zemeckis was going to be directing this movie, but I think I guess he got caught up with some other stuff, so he thought maybe this would be better for Peter Jackson to pick up. But, uh, yeah, I had no idea this was all, all kind of uh, Peter Jackson's uh, mind, and it was an original concept that was written by him and his wife while they were working on a project with Zemeckis, and I guess originally this was going to be a, a spinoff of... Tales from the Crypt. So I don't know if they're going to kind of build it into a bigger universe, but now it's kind of this standoff idea, this standalone idea. And the whole film, I was just like, I want more of this. I want more of this world. I want to see a continuation of this as like a streaming series. You know, you don't have to bring the cast back, but continue this world of, I love this, um, 
lore that they've added to ghosts you know that when you die you see the bright mm -hmm. light but if you don't go up in the light now you're just like a ghost that's like festering and haunting but you get your chance in like another year to go back up in the light if you need to uh, I want like there's just questions that are that are left in the world that you know strategically left unanswered to keep the plot moving but oh you just want to know more uh, and there's a lot of special effects used in this from uh, from Weta that I'm sure Peter Jackson used a lot of what he learned in this film to go on to make Lord of the Rings a few years later yeah so this was all i know there, there are two things that danny elfman does the music oh yeah uh, i forgot be, about that great music be, be, because it's very uh, i mean it kind of is to me beetlejuice-esque mm -hmm. in that, that, yep. that, that regards but peter jackson this was a, a box office failure for him oh, no, literally that the, <laughs> the literally the next thing he made was lord of the rings so like he went from like down low, real low, like r horrible reviews. Critics like people were like not wanting to hire him to winning the rights to Lord of the Rings. Like like his climb back up that ladder was incredible from this movie. Yeah, and th and I believe that it made no money because my wife had no idea the movie existed. So mm -hmm. like I totally believe that this is not on anybody's radar. Now I'm not gonna go ahead and say this is like the the best movie of all time that no one ever seen. It's not like an Oscar snub. There are some things that I think could be improved in the movie, but there's so much fun that's happening in the film and you get to see like this uh Michael J. Fox kind of like hot off of his uh, Back to the Future trilogy, so mm. you gotta go check out Frighteners. I loved it. It's great. It's streaming on HBO, I believe, is where H we watched it. HBO Max, HBO Now, HBO Go, mm -hmm. and um, DirecTV if you have it. Yep, and now if you go back in time just three more years, you want a little bit of a lighter fare of a movie, maybe something you sit down and watch with a significant other. We have a film that we just randomly watched this week called For Love or Money that is up on Netflix and it's this just nice film about Michael J. Fox who is this um, this front desk clerk at a hotel and I forgot exactly what his job title was which is uh, pretty ironic considering he made sure that people didn't call him a bellhop in the film uh, he's just kind of like the front of office person of a hotel I just can't quite think of what that name is in the industry right now but he's just this guy who's been saving his tips for you know like the last like 10 years scrounging up as much money as he can so he can put a business deal together so he can buy his own hotel and it's just this really nice world that they build out with all of these like different hotel workers it almost feels like you're watching like a pilot for like a series where you're kind of getting getting uh, used to all of his friends that he works with and he's like this fixer where he's helped where he really helps people out that works in his hotel he's always like swapping and like selling like tickets to concerts and stuff in town he's letting he's letting the husbands know where they need to go to buy the best jewelry for their for their wives to make sure their anniversaries go great uh, it's totally the opposite direction from frighteners it's just a very low low-key movie, but I just thought it was written really well. It's really funny. Um, uh, he, he's just a guy that knows how to get stuff done, and it's just really good, high-quality Michael J. Fox, and I didn't even know this movie existed. I just came across it on Netflix, uh, and it's just fun. It's just a fun little film with a, a nice little romance that you might like to sit down and just uh, have a nice time with your significant other. So, bam, Michael J. Fox double feature, Frighteners, and For, the Lover, for Love or Money, two uh, films I would highly recommend, Chris. Well, yeah, and, and again, I'm, I'm familiar with the Frighteners. Um, for love or money, I think that's one of those movies I saw like on HBO when, we, when I was younger. Like I was like, mm -hmm. oh, what's this? But I always always watched Doc Hollywood instead. Yeah, of, okay. For Michael yeah, J. Yeah, Fox. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, I think was it? Um, they said the um, uh, his movies Back to the Future are on Blu-ray are coming out to 4K this this month. So. Ooh. 
Uh, big, big, big oh. year for Michael J. Fox. Concierge. He's the concierge. That's concierge. right. Concierge. <laughs> That's oh. what it was. Yeah, people were calling him a bellhop, and he did not take kindly to be calling uh, a bellhop. But yeah. Uh, yeah, check it out. It's a, it's a fun film. But uh, now that the corn stream is over, uh, I promised last week that we would give a couple shout outs from people that uh, reached out, uh, fans of the podcast. So uh, first up, we have fan uh, Ali Keller. Yes. Is, that, is that how you think you'd say their name? A-L-I Keller? Uh, Ali made, or uh, Ali, yeah. Yeah, they made this little superhero mockumentary that's up on YouTube that they uh, that they describe as Christopher Guest meets Mystery Men. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll put a link in our show notes here. Uh, but I think you should go uh, check it out. They put quite a bit together here. Usually when people are kind of putting little shorts or clips up on YouTube, you know, you go to the clip and it's like four or five minutes long. This is like a legit like 35 minutes of footage. Uh, they, You can tell there's location scouting and casting and costumes going on here. Uh, yeah, so I think uh, there's a lot of hard work and passion that went into it. So if you want to check out and see what some, some uh, indie filmmakers are doing out there with the superhero genre, uh, go yeah. check it out in our show notes. Yeah, I, I definitely appreciate stuff like this. You know, my, my, my background's in film. I've worked on passion projects, um, you know, spoof comedy TV kind of episodes before. So I definitely appreciate this. And, and, and what, I agree. We Sharing this, having everyone watch this, and, like, thinking of all the work that goes into this and, you know, doing it on, like, no budget uh, on your own free time, you know, probably while they have full day jobs. Very impressive. So very, very awesome. Yeah. I, I, be, I believe the title of the, the series or short or what, whatever they want to categorize, categorize it as, I believe it's called zero issue. So if you, if it's something that you wanted to Google uh, and couldn't quite reach the show notes, uh, it's called zero issue over on YouTube from New York picture co. That's the name of the channel. So uh, go check it out. A lot of hard work. It looks like they put into that. Yeah, and on the other side of that, I want to give a shout to one of our listeners uh, who started his own podcast slash video show, uh, Pasquinelli's Point. Uh, you can find that on Instagram, Pasquinelli, P-A-S-Q-U-I-N-E-L-L-I-S underscore point. Um, you know, he's out here. Uh, he said he loves our, our little food reviews we do. I think a lot of people enjoy that. And we mentioned the top show, and he's out here doing some of his own food reviews and um, his own stuff and his podcast. So I just want to give him a shout out here. He ate some uh, recently some uh, nasty cupcakes is what I think the description was, which is entertaining to watch or nasty brownie challenge. Uh, so you can check that on YouTube. It looks like he's a food reviewer um, and uh, does sports, movies, TV, comics, music, video games, and more kind of like what we do. So you can check him out on YouTube. Uh, our links in the show notes as well. So if you want to catch out some other stuff because you know we only get you an hour and a half maybe a week so you know if you need more content you know you're gonna need more teach to a week weeks longer than an hour and a half <laughs> as i checked so um yeah give him a give him a, a, a follow on uh youtube and uh you know, yeah, follow it, on podcast. Yeah, if, if anybody else is working on some uh just a uh, cool bootstrap stuff uh reach out and let us know we'd love to we'd love to check it out yeah yeah we i, I mean i was telling mike yesterday I, i'm always playing with our channel and i was like we can add chapters to our YouTube channel now. <laughs> and by now, I mean months ago, and I've just been an idiot and forgot one small step along the way, Mike. Technology. So, yeah. Always looking for the next big thing. And then, uh, if, you know, I, yeah, I think um, Pascal at least pointed out for some feedback. I think I've got, I've got, we've got feedback for, for days, Mike. I think that's, <laughs> that's one thing. Um, you know, we're just a couple guys who record our conversations throughout the week. And, you know, this is, uh, this is a good time to... We, think, we've I got think, experience of breaking things. Yeah, my uh, my, my biggest uh, advice I could give to anybody making stuff out there is brute force. If you uh-huh. if you start doing something, uh, don't stop until uh, you feel like you've really put your uh, best foot forward. Because uh, there's a lot of competition out there on the internet. I would say almost limitless competition. So mm-hmm. if uh, if at first you don't succeed, uh, just just try again, man. 
yeah, brute force. Uh, regularly, I think the one thing people ask is, how do you do a show every week? And you know, I think that's you know, we we set a schedule, and you know, we made clear everyone around us knows that we're doing this on Sundays. We may not have an exact time, but everybody knows, and and they respect that, and we we always hit it. And I think consistency is part of that. You know, you can't just say I'm going to do a, a show make an episode and then forget about it for two months and then uh-huh. come back and do because people want to subscribe they want to do it and when you subscribe guess what you want that regular content so i think my my biggest thing is just regular content having a schedule is huge for a lot of people they don't get over that hump and that that stumbles al- along the way so uh-huh. got that all right let's jump into news we, we we've belabored this long enough mike even though you said you weren't going to <laughs> we are um new york comic-con has been canceled for in person for 2020 no surprise here uh, yeah. to be honest. Um, I think I think it's they say they've got a digital event planned and if it's as bad as San Diego Comic Cons um, <laughs> you will probably be left disappointed now New York was always more TV and I think comic book related yeah. so hopefully you know they can still pull on that yeah, together definitely more TV related just because of the timing of the year it just made sense to uh, debut uh, TV news there and uh, I, I would say the, the San Diego Comic-Con at home I wouldn't necessarily describe it as bad as much as underwhelming and not even close to what you would get with a real Comic-Con experience so th- they did the best I believe with what they had but mm-hmm. really it just opened up windows for everyone to do their own thing like DC fandom and I'm sure Marvel will kind of have their own standalone thing uh, later this year where they drop some trailers of their Disney Plus shows and uh, maybe put new hard dates in the ground for when we finally yeah. get to see Black Widow and the, some of this well, other stuff uh, so yeah I don't know maybe New York Comic Con will get some uh, I don't know maybe we'll see the first trailer for like some of the reminiscent Hulu shows of uh, Jeff Loeb <laughs> yeah Hellstrom yeah, yeah, uh, and Hitmonkey um, Modoc maybe, Modoc, maybe we'll yeah. get a little bit of that in your Comic Con yeah, we can hope so. I think the thing is with San Diego, what happened is you know it, people spend money to go to these things and they get a return, right? Or like they get the hype. The, you pay for the the press, and a lot of those things again, as we saw with the X Men um, New Mutants, it was pre recorded and you didn't really get that interaction like you kind of would. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm excited. We'll talk about DC's fandom here in a minute. Like you know, having taking that money and reinvesting it into your own stuff, I think is going to be be a, a huge win for them. But we'll mm-hmm. talk about that here in a minute. Mike, um, I've been working my way through this show on cart- on cartoons, and uh, th- this is a-, a big blow, I think, to fans everywhere. Avatar: The Last Airbender. I've never watched the show. I'm in I'm in the middle of season two. Just like you know, I watched a couple episodes yesterday. Awesome. Um, it-, it it is a good show. I think again, I'm what, 15 years way too late for this. <laughs> um, I-, I have no complaints uh, with it. I've seen the live action movie. I actually saw it in theaters. By I was in the theater by myself. That's how bad. <laughs> I think it's the only time I've ever been in a room by myself wow. uh, that big. <laughs> um, and then uh, on that note, The Legend of Korra has just hit Netflix yes. as of Friday as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm working my way through this animated show, and they're supposed to do a live-action version on Nickelodeon. They committed to that what, a year and a half ago, I think. Mm-hmm. It was uh, produced from Nickelodeon, but it was going to air on Netflix. Yes, uh, yeah, because Nickelodeon Studios is making a lot more stuff. Mm-hmm. But the original animated series creators have left this live action project with uh, Nickelodeon slash Netflix. I think yeah. they're mostly 
um, their, 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 their posts, they both made several posts, very angry at Netflix, it seems Yeah, like. it seems like they tried to, their best to be uh, professional about it, and I believe they are absolute uh, professionals in the industry. They've been around for a while. Uh, even before they created Avatar, they were working on other animated shows. I believe one of the creators may have even worked on Family Guy for a while, which just mm-hmm. goes to show you the range that uh, people in animation have, that they can work on a show like uh, Family Guy and then make one of the well, most beloved animated shows ever right after it you know well one of the things that i always look for as watching i'm like um the guy who who does uh we want to run star wars uh his name i can't think of his name seth mcfarland no no star wars um who runs star wars the guy we want to run star wars dave filoni yeah there you go on like all these episodes i'm like i want to see a dave filoni episode i usually tell when when he's a director there but yeah um it it's here's where i'm gonna uh, here's where i'm gonna kind of go flip flip the script a little bit mike did you read any of their content or go back and look at their statements during the live action movie production Uh, and release no i uh, the only thing i know about their uh, involvement in the live action was that uh, it seems like i don't know if they were necessarily uh steamrolled but it seemed like they did not they didn't like what exactly was happening with the live action film so i don't know if they're contractually obligated to not speak negatively of the film or if their hands were just tied but i know at some point in time they did come out and say that it was like the worst piece of trash ever (laughs) well they they're when it was being made they were like yes this is awesome we are giving input to you know m night Shyamalan. and then when it came out and the reviews came out they were like no no we didn't do it we actually didn't provide anything so as creators i i understand there's probably two sides to this coin here and we don't know the full story but i'm sure a lot of people are very upset that these creators are not going to be involved with it as much but they did have some involvement in the live action movie as well so yeah i I think the only thing that i could do is if i had to give the benefit of the doubt to somebody these creators or m night Shyamalan, i think it's much easier to give the benefit of the doubt to uh yeah co-creators well i'm I'm, I'm, yeah i wouldn't say that movie still sucked regardless of who did it i don't i don't think they they necessarily ran into the ground but you know if they're not working on the netflix one but they you know mentioned in their post they have hired everyone to work on it so far do you think it was still Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just want to know what the creative differences are, right? I mean, they made this, Netflix made this huge deal about they're going to be making this live action uh, Avatar film. And to, uh, to, to sway any uh, any uh, you know uh, any mm-hmm. worry that fans might have is they made sure to say the original creators of Avatar are helming this show, which was you know great news. And now that they're off the show, it makes you wonder well, what were the d- disagreements coming in? Like you know was their creative vision not being seen? Was it just more it's, kind of like just personalities rubbing what, against each other? Was it other? budget? Like, yeah, hey, like, we want to do this stuff with the money. What do we, what do we have? And then it's yeah. like, you've already run out. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I feel like there was a lot of potential there. You know, like you said, like we've seen with uh, Dave Filoni, when people make the jump from, you know, action animation to live action, sometimes it can pay off extraordinarily well. I mean, just mm. look at The Mandalorian. So it really sucks that they left, but... I've been following the guys on social media for a while now. I've never met them in person, but they seem to be relatively low-key people. You know, they're not like some of these other animation creators like uh, Butch Hartman, who created like the Fairly Odd Parents and a bunch of other people. I mean, that guy is a huge personality that's out there and rubs a lot well, of people the wrong way. So I, yeah, I'm just really curious what the creative differences are. But at the end of the day, yeah, I, I'm, I'm disappointed. But yeah, there is a little bit of saving grace that they had the decision to hire everybody that make that made the show yeah. so 
I'm really curious who they're going to bring in to replace them. Well, and and this is, I I looked up here, it's actually been two full years since they were announced for this. So, as, do you think they wrote everything and they're, like, about to get into production? And it kind of, like, is everything already set up and they're just like, well, we can't, you know, something's happened and we can't do it now because, you know, you won't do our budget? Like, it has the world's current change, you know, with the, the coronavirus and the shutdowns and production woes changed how Netflix is giving funding or how they're doing productions now. If I had um, because to th- Netflix has had a good year, like Umbrella Academy yeah. 2 and, and so forth. If I had to throw out like a wild conspiracy theory that's like totally unfounded, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the disagreements came with either episode number or story arcs or mm-hmm. uh, release strategy or maybe something along those lines. I mean, there's this big looming cloud over anybody out there that gets a deal with Netflix that you might not get a fourth season. You know, yeah. if you do marginally well, we, we might be able to promise you a third season. But uh, if you're not bringing in new subscribers, we're going to cancel you so you know who knows if maybe they weren't maybe maybe there was an executive that said hey can you put books one and two into one season you know is there any way with 10 episodes you can like cram in all of this information just so there's a the higher chance that we can get your whole story in three seasons i mean i could see that being a point of contention but as of right now it's just total guesses i'm just throwing stuff at the wall see if any of it sticks (laughs) pretty much they're both saying we're not we're not happy we made this decision to leave to be happy and you know, in in a, in a job and in stuff like that, what what does that even mean in the film world anymore? Like creative differences, you know, mm-hmm. that's something like that. But I don't know. What well, I mean, we'll have to see what the next announcement is. And I assume my assumption is now that Cora. It's weird that they did this the same week Cora is on, you know, the mm-hmm. streaming service because they they both created the Legend of Cora, which was the sequel follow up to Avatar. So maybe we'll have an announcement soon shortly yep. next month you know just just like the live action film if it, everything just tanks and ends up bad you still have the the perfect animated show uh just go watch that it's great chris is already yep. working his way through it i'm working my way through it. i saw the uh the steelbook collected edition at best buy today mm. when i went to um i picked up a new tv today didn't talk about that but uh at best buy while i was waiting for that um no one was in the store so i just kind of meandered over to the dvds and lo and behold a steelbook copy of this beautiful show beautiful i know it it looked they even had the dividers in between the cases like like they weren't just like smushed together in the packaging Uh it was pretty it was nice it was nice but speaking of netflix they um have decided that their three second intro sound that you see on all their episodes uh is not long enough um it sounds like the cartoon network thing that they had like on all the regular shows like the dun dun it sounds like it's the cartoon cartoon the end of that but anyway or the end of regular show but anyway they have extended this intro like what 30 seconds uh, for the theatrical release movies that Netflix is doing um, to make sure that they, they like, get to the Oscars is that right <laughs> um, Academy Awards it's, so it's it's the, pretty the, it's pretty slick I like it I like this yeah. new intro it gets me hype it the the sound to me is reminiscent of maybe uh, some of the uh, some of the uh, themes that they use in some of the Avengers movies some of the MCU stuff yeah so this is Hans Zimmer Hans Zimmer is notorious for working on the Batman or Superman trilogy from um, Zack Snyder mm-hmm. uh, so he's got some superhero uh some background in them he can he can kind of do with that so I, I think i think it's fine i think it's really i think it's it's not too bad at all actually i, I kind of enjoy it so um good work Hans zimmer and um you know hopefully uh 
They don't get, make this longer and longer. <laughs> Good work, Hans Zimmer. I think you're going places. I think this will give you a lot of exposure and get you some you, gigs that will really kick off your career. You really needed Superhero Slate uh, to, to tell you well, that you're good. You know, that, that really is going get to you, get you somewhere. Yeah, it's the not. Superhero Slate bump, as we like to call it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're working on. But anyway, switching gears, speaking of Superman, Batman, stuff like that, DC Comics is just letting people go left and right. Ooh, um, it was a blo- it was it was described as a bloodbath from yeah. whoever was uh, reporting the news earlier this week. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was not good and 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 it doesn't sound like it's going to get any better. Um sadly, uh so they have let off like a third of their editorial staff and most of them were VPs, so like the higher paid people, mm. not not that. Uh DC Direct, which is a merchandise collectible line, is now dissolved, no longer exists after like twenty two years. Mm-hmm. Um so you're gonna have to go through hot toys and sideshow collectibles. And then lastly, the majority of DC Universe's staff is completely gone as well. Um yeah. for the, the service. I mean there's a there's a chance that the DC Universe staff uh may have been folded in or let go to HBO Max eventually anyway. So that one's not a, as much of a surprise, but man, I I don't know if this is due to uh the coronavirus just kind of downward slump in the economy or if this is just, you know, AT&T acquired Warner Brothers not too long ago and they're just finally getting around to cleaning house and streamlining or maybe this is a greater sign of just like, hey, we're not seeing a whole lot uh, happening uh, over here with uh, the comics line. You know, I think we need to focus other places and, you know, you can still make comics, you know, we still need to make sure that we have the street cred of comics, but, uh, you know, we we really got to trim you down so you're a little bit more profitable. I think it's more to the AT&T acquisition a Uh little bit because this also happened over at Warner Brothers, you know, which, you know, which is uh, above DC. They also had a whole lot of streamlining uh, layoffs over there because that's what happens when you merge two giant corporations you don't need all of these managers because now you're just overseeing more people it's kind of like when you you close down schools in your city you know all of these teachers now just have to teach more students you don't have like two teachers in a classroom uh so uh you know maybe this was coming and no matter the pandemic the as as a comics reader and someone who, who frequents comic shops the general consensus i think is at t doesn't want to do comic books. They just wanted their movie um, portion of Warner Brothers and the, uh-huh. the TV stuff, and they don't want to do comics. So they're looking at even selling off the comic section to another that, company. That would and, be uh, really dumb of them. <laughs> well, rumors, rumor is Disney would also be the one to purchase it. Um, so they would own both Marvel and DC comic books. Um I mean, I wonder. Good could be bad. I I mean, I wonder how that would even work. You know, obviously, you know, they could publish it or you know whatever. But like, what if you have a really hot new uh, Batman storyline, right? And Mm -hmm. the writer just comes up with this amazing new character, right? And then uh, the artist just really nails the costume design. Now we have like this brand new character to the Batman mythos that everybody has fallen in love with. I mean, look at like Spider Gwen or Miles Morales, right? Uh, And they want to adapt that into a movie who makes that movie now you know right. who owns that character well, you know is there sharing there and like if this new batman character like can't be in the warner brothers movies like does this new dc character like show up in the mcu like that would i mean it could be possible i, I don't i don't think it'd go to mcu <laughs> i don't think it'd be that like that's that's, that's far fetched but i mean I, I think from a comic standpoint they could make them make them work in like you know, whether well, it was at the Animal Game universe or DC Marvel crossover, uh, in the wrong. But I mean, I don't think having different publishers is going to make things 
having two publishers and one is going to make things better. But I think the thing is at and is like, they just don't see it as a profit. And then DC split with, um, what was the, uh, the, the distributor diamond, uh, distributors this summer, which is like the, the only comics distributor in the, in like the country, um, except for some smaller ones. So they're making some really interesting choices in terms of their, their pro their, their projects. But again, DC comics characters, they're, they're iconic, right? Everyone in there, everyone knows a lot of those characters. I mean, it's hard to, to do that. And they're still creating new ones. There's a new Joker character. Um, it's not Harley Quinn. It's another girl who's a sidekick. Um, and I, I forget her name right now. I want to say it's like punchline is her name. Um, so they're still making new characters that people are, are, are going for. The dark Knights metal stuff is really interesting. I don't know if you've heard about that. Uh, um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I've seen a little bit of it. Yeah, so they're still doing good stuff. I don't know why. I mean, AT and T not wanting to do it. It's, it's that's their their choice. But I still think we need DC Comics as a whole. I don't think they need. Oh to yeah, yeah. I, so if I, if I was in charge, I would say like, okay, maybe you don't need to run this um, at a profit, but at least run it at like uh, making your money back because you're just throwing away potential IP mm-hmm. that could make you millions well, of dollars in the future. And the other thing is, you know, one of the the the, the aspects that they pitch DC Universe as is. You get our comics library, right? But mm-hmm. no one's reading the comics on there. Um, they're going for the the TV shows, and that's going to bring me to my next point, Mike. Is the DC Universe? Um, Jim Lee, the the guy running DC right now, has confirmed that all the original shows that they're creating for DC Universe will be moving to HBO Max. Yep, we um, all saw that coming over here at the podcast. Yeah, we saw it like the day of, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, they, he talked about that the DC Universe will keep going, but something else. So will this be? The comics outlet. We're making them. Maybe we're saving money by not printing all of them, but we're putting them in a digital form for you to read at a subscription or purchase. Like, is yeah, that maybe. like the way they're going? Because again, we're going to talk about something later. Um, physical items are not um, like physical co- collectibles are not being prominently made right now because of uh, contact concerns with you know this global pandemic we have. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to be making less books because of contact. Will they move into a digital format and DC Universe get rid of shows and all the other kind of and just become like a comic book service? Maybe. I mean, that's one. That's one strategy, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. We don't make the decisions. We just we just <laughs> we just work here. We just report the news and, and some theories. But that's going to bring us to our next big thing. A lot of this stuff may even get announced at DC's Fandom, Mike, oh, which is this I'm weekend. I'm so excited! Like this has been so long since we just had a big. I would say high quality like news dump, right? You know, every once mm-hmm. in a while we get a little we get a little here, we get a little bit of there. There's some casting news or there's a little like onset shot leaked, uh, you know, you know, earlier this year that was a possibility. Yeah. But now there's finally going to be like one dedicated weekend where hopefully when you're listening to the show uh, next week, right? It would be our show next week where we're covering yes. DC Fandom. We'll, we're just going to have bullet point after bullet point of just look at all the stuff that's released. Some of it will probably make us mad. Some of it will probably make us really excited. And I just love that. Like this is something that we have just been desperately wanting this year right no san diego comic-con that means uh and probably no d23 i don't know if d23 is supposed to be this uh this year or not no definitely no star wars celebration but anyway we haven't had any of these like giant like just like it's like going to a restaurant and getting this gigantic burger right you can't even imagine how you're going to take the first bite of it and that's that's what i want even if like there's stuff in that burger that i don't really like i want to take the bite chris i want to take the bite mike's mike's gonna pick it off whether you like i'm hungry (laughs) uh so um so the schedule is up but the the problem with the schedule is there are hundreds of panels um 
They are using uh, their was it their seven six channels: Hall of Heroes, Watchverse, Uverse, Insiderverse, Funverse, and Kidsverse. They didn't call it the Fanverse at the at the end of the day. This should have been instead of Fandom, Fanverse, because all these have verses. But like there will be double panels going on at once. So you know if you want to watch it all, you're gonna have to watch some replays. Um, the biggest thing here is it's gonna be running from Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern to Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, so we may be running a little late on recording next week, Mike, but there's going to yeah. be some some big stuff here I'm very, very excited for. And uh, I've got some highlights uh, on our notes here uh, with the Batman and the Suicide Squad footage expected to be released and shown to the Ooh, public for this event. Give it to us. I'm really curious uh, how many of these panels are going to be live and how many of them are going to be pre-recorded. just because I believe mm-hmm. I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw James Gunn kind of hyping the Suicide Squad panel that's going to be uh, this coming weekend. And I think he showed like some of the footage of the panel. Like I saw like a couple quick clips of people like in like a stylized like Zoom UI. So I think some of this stuff might be pre-recorded. Which makes which makes sense, you know, when you want to get these people together, you know, maybe this weekend wouldn't have been the best time for them to yeah. uh, get together. But like like I said before, if they if they're just like uh, doing it like they did with Comic Con at home, maybe you'll just be able to scrub all the way to the end and see the exclusive footage, and you won't have to sit through all of the uh, introductions and everything. But we'll see. Yeah, most most of it I believe is Saturday because I'm looking here right now at the Hall of Heroes, which is their main panel here. Right, they've got uh, you know again the the Batman panel, um, the Aquaman panel, Black Adam panel, uh, you know the Wonder Woman eighty four Snyder cut panel. Jesus Christ, I can't wait till we get more of that. Right, <laughs> um, but um, there is uh, just a lot going on here. I'm going to talk about one of the items next, uh, Suicide Squad. But I, I'm expecting like I said, a full you know a a superhero. T- Slate Dome next week, Mike. That's what we're going to call next week's episode, the Slate Dome. <laughs> the Slate um, Dome. But uh, it's got definitely, like, I mean, I'm just looking here again. Um, there's an I'm Batman panel that's the voices behind the cowl. So, like, all the animated stuff. Oh, Kevin Conroy. Yeah, and all the movie movie ones. So there's just going to be a lot for everybody. And, again, I, I hate to break it all down, but there's going to be, like, the TV shows have some stuff. Um, and, and things like that. So I'm, I'm expecting a, f- a lot of a lot of news, so we'll have to keep you guys posted for that. But in terms of DC, on the other side, since we were talking about Fortnite at the top of the show, if you play right now, Batman and Harley Quinn skins are back in the game if you want to play as Batman or Harley Quinn in Fortnite, um, which is cool. But I also, there's a leak that the Joker and Poison Ivy are going to be available in the game um, next week, which I believe uh, ties into this whole panel. So they might have a Fortnite little video game panel here. It's all about skins now. I saw that now brands are getting really interested in making skins for that new game called Fall Guys, uh, which is supposed to be kind of like like a, a video game version of like Wipeout, but with like a bunch of contestants running at the same time. Um, I guess actually no, it's more yeah. similar to um, what's the real show that MXC is based off of, like Takeshi's Castle or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. I think it's Castle. I think it's more like that. So uh, a lot of skins out there in the world. It'd be interesting to see that game adapt skins because that's kind of more like a Funko Pop-esque scenario yeah. where things are a little bit more cartoonized. Well, well, as we talked about, you know, when we talked about it, the game had only been out a week. Um, <laughs> so it's become the biggest game in the world in a week um, and it's free for PlayStation Plus members right now, uh, which is wild. So I think that will, it will get the um, corporate deals, the, the synergy, if you will, Mike, for those <laughs> uh, at, at a later date for sure. Um, and lastly, the other thing I noticed on this panel, uh, The Flash only has a 10-minute panel for its movie. 
That's like, that, weird. Yeah, I, the, I, that that makes me think that maybe they couldn't get anybody creatively uh, involved in front of mm-hmm. a camera. Maybe because they're working on the movie uh, uh, right now, so maybe this is just going to be like a like a message, like a pre-recorded yeah. message from like some title, like the director. Title reveal, I bet. <laughs> title reveal, maybe maybe even like a costume reveal. Maybe yeah. we can kind of see what. Uh, um, what Barry Allen's working with in this world, you know, yeah. after the Justice League. Uh, yeah, hopefully something, right? Yeah, I mean, even if you get me a stylized teaser, I'll be happy. Um, with yeah, it, so. 10 minutes is still a lot of time, actually, if you're just, if you're factoring in a teaser trailer that's, you know, maybe like a minute or 30 seconds long, uh, you still got yeah. like nine more well, minutes to fill, right? <laughs> well, the other, the other thing is the Snyder Cut only, according to this, has 15 minutes as well, mm-hmm. um, which... Again, that's just a teaser. He's going to show a teaser trailer. We're not going to get any more information. They're just going to give us a teaser. Uh, so um, we'll, we'll see what that is. But a lot of these are, are very, very quick snippets. And, you know, I, I want the big ones. I want the mm-hmm. I want the big panels. Um, one of the larger ones uh, is actually the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, uh, which is the upcoming game from Rocksteady, which we talked about a little bit. The Suicide Squad. They now have the title Kill the Justice League. So... What do you think about that, Mike? I, I think it's I love the idea just because the kind of like the video game structure in my head starts firing off and I think like, oh, every chapter or every level you know, kind of level in the video game is, you know, taking down like a new uh, Justice League member, if you will. So I really like that idea and I would imagine like Superman. Superman's either gotta be the first person that you go after that kind of kicks off the plot or like the last mm. person that you go up against. So yeah, I really like this idea and it kind of reminds me of like Deadpool kills the marvel universe right you know like uh i i don't think these characters will be straight up dying i think you floated the idea last week that maybe there's some mind control going on or something like that they're not of their right they don't have their faculties about them and you know suicide squad has to come in like neutralize them and maybe give them some sort of antidote force them to the ground the other thing is what if they're like evil clones like a, like yeah, a that's a possibility too. Then bizarro kind of thing. Yeah, you could kill them. You know, I guess it depends. What's this game going to be rated? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. how much uh, how much havoc uh, are you going to be able to wreak? Well, with the title "Killing," I think it's already. Uh, a oh team. yeah! Wow! Yeah, I'm I'm an idiot. I just totally blew past the very descriptive word "kill the Justice League." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think it's in the top. I think this is cool. I don't know. We don't know what the gameplay is like. We don't know if it'll be anything like the Batman games. But it is the same studio who has consistently brought us Batman games from Arkham. Um, was it Arkham Asylum all the way through Arkham Knight um, and, and everything in between. So I, I'm very excited to see what they do with this and how they incorporate the DC universe at large and these different characters with different abilities, right? Maybe you have Slipknot. He's just he's good with ropes <laughs> and he blows up like the movie. So yeah. uh, I'm excited to see what they do. I'm, I'm like, so we got video games to look forward to. And the other one, the end of this month, is on the other side, Darth Vader Immortal. The PSVR, the PSVR version of this game that was on Oculus last year is releasing on August 25th, Mike. You do not have much longer to wait. (laughs) I I honestly just really lose track of a lot of these Star Wars VR experiences because I think that's what a lot of developers first thought of when they thought of making VR uh, video games or experiences like oh Star Wars yeah. I mean that's great you got a lightsaber you, you know it's ready to go so I, like I was like I thought Vader Immortal was already out on PSVR but I guess I, I guess it's not no. uh, yeah. and after watching the trailer I think I asked you like is James Earl Jones still <laughs> alive and I had to look it up he's 89 so uh, I, I hope he I hope he lives for another 30 40 years and he's very happy and healthy he, but I think it's fair for me to ask that question <laughs> yeah I don't think he does the voice I think somebody else does the voice um, well, what I was thinking, I was like, I think we're at the point in technology now where if we can just make people younger and generate them, I mean, I'm, I'm 
I'm skipping the point here where I already know this exists, but like I wouldn't be surprised if James James Earl Jones's voice has been like digitized in a library, mm-hmm. and then they have an algorithm that can make him say whatever they want him to say. Oh to yeah, be well I mean he looked old enough you didn't think he'd make it another year in in uh, the Sandlot, and then he's like ninety four. <laughs> So I mean, he he's, he he's was such a, in this Sandlot, wasn't he? He was the guy that was on the other side of the fence with the dog, right? Yep, he's he's the the blind neighbor. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah so I mean, he he was old back then, Mike. I mean, let's, let's be honest here. Um, Perma old. Yeah. So uh, I, I mean, I think I think this is fun. Maya Rudolph is the voice of uh, Zoe, the robot, um, the Saturday Night Live alum. She played, mm-hmm. ironically. I believe she was the caricature of uh, Kamala Harris in the um, Democratic. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen a lot of people tweet this week. Oh, uh, she's about to get a lot of work, and I was like, she's already famous. She's already getting a lot of work. I don't think she needed this VP pick to make sure she could like you know pay for her next house, if you will. So she, I just she's been in tons of, of movies. Like <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, like so, but uh, she's in she's that. already successful. SNL is things that like actors go back to out of the kindness of their own heart. Like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, I, you know I liked working there. You know I'll come back in for a minute, give you guys a little boost <laughs> yeah i'm gonna show up for 10 seconds on your show uh because I, because i like you guys yeah. um but 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 anyway i mean this looks like you know the robot looks fun the training dojo is one of the highlights they say where you uh, learn to, to block um again like bolts and and use your force powers a little more so uh it was a three-part release on on oculus this will be all together in this ps VR version so i'm excited to dive into that this week but speaking of games, before I jump into this next one, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remaster, um, the, you can pre-order it in the, the warehouse level. You can download it for free now if you if you pre-ordered it. So um, It's got the same soundtrack, Mike. Do you remember that soundtrack? <laughs> oh, I love that soundtrack. I kind of... Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, yes. dun, that 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 just played for like you know hours at a time. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a ghost. I need to collect the Mountain Dew tokens like we talked about last time. Yep. But that that's another story. Instead, this weekend I have been diving into the Avengers beta round two. Um, is open for PlayStation people. I've gotten several people to download and play it to get their impressions, and I've been doing it on Xbox, uh, which is my main console um, for the for the pre order. And I got to play with Super Fan Jim on Friday night. A couple. Hey, levels. awesome. So um, the matchmaking was working this weekend. Uh, they, they did an update to that, and it was really fun. On the PlayStation, I've been maining Black Widow and Iron Man. And on the Xbox, I've been using Kamala and uh, Hulk um, to kind of play with the different characters and, and, and see how they feel. Um, but I, I've had a really good time. I, I, again, once the matchmaking was working, playing with other people, way better than playing with just the, the AI. Like, um, I did the Harm Room Challenge, which is like the, the holographic augmented reality uh, thing where you go in battle and playing that with people against like increasingly difficult ways of enemies get some really cool effects and like the the combos of finishing off large robots or large enemies um, mm-hmm. is just fantastic like stuff right out of comic books Mike it's fantastic I'm I'm very thrilled with this game so far and um you can max up to level 15 and then you, you get better gear and the gearing has been really cool to to see like you know the pim particles right so on Kamala I've got pim particles and I'm punching people. On like the third punch, um, it's like a thirty-three percent chance they start shrinking to like <laughs> itty bitty versions in the game, and then you just beat up the little bitty versions. So does your pro- is your progress during this beta going to carry over when the game no. uh, fully comes out? No, it is um, it is only l- limited to the beta um, because um, it's selected levels. It's not a full game. So gotcha. uh, I'm going to start from ground zero and then um, you know play through as each character in the levels and go from there. I'm very they don't have Thor and Captain America. I'm very excited for Thor and Captain America. They're like my favorite two in the 8A to play. So very hyped, very hyped. And then there's leaked data. 
in the newest versions, pointing to plans to add Kate Bishop, She-Hulk, and War Machine to the game as well. Um, the only reason I say these are interesting because literally they're like different skins of the main characters. Um, <laughs> yeah, Kate that's Bishop true. is Hawkeye, uh-huh. She-Hulk would be Hulk, and War Machine would be Iron Man. So I don't know if they're going to be like new characters, maybe AI, NPCs, or just like different skins of the characters. Mm. So I thought that was cool um, that they're going to be diving into this stuff. I'm very excited to see yeah, how the skin get shot people- plays out. Got to get people familiar with uh, Kate Bishop yeah. and She-Hulk before they release those Disney Plus shows, right? Oh yeah, you're not wrong. They 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 definitely need some 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 coverage. Uh, I'm I I really wish Mike would have got it, but you know he wants to play it from from ground ground day zero ground zero day one. I'm more of a I'm more of a casual over here on this side of things. I'll wait till the game's fully out and I can just concentrate on what's already been polished. Yeah, <laughs> well, and and, and that's, that's that's definitely fair. I think you know knowing Mike, you're gonna want to min max some of these characters pretty. You're gonna be looking for for gear to equip and skills to get. So I'm, I'm excited to see what you, you read on Reddit after that. Um, but if you get the PlayStation version, Mike, and you pre-order it, you get three days, um, I think the deluxe version, three days early access. So if you're looking to get it on the 1st of September, just let you know. And Spider-Man, uh, the game that I've been playing on my PlayStation 4 as well, um, it does not exist in the same universe as the Avengers game. So, uh, not surprised. The Spider-Man that will be in the game, he may have a suit to look like it, but it is not the same one. He will have a very unique storyline. Yeah, so. it was a it was a far-fetched uh, wish that we would get to see these games kind of cross over, but I suppose in the long run, it's probably the best for these developers since video games take so long to make, so much longer than it takes to make a uh, than it takes to make a uh, movie. So yeah. at least now nobody's hands are tied of just like, oh, well, Spider-Man did this thing in this game uh, made by another studio. And now we got to make sure that all this stuff carries over to our new game. So mm-hmm. not surprised, but it would have been cool if they could have made it happen. Well, my, 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 my hope is, Mike, that this comes out in like two weeks and they're like, nah, it's the same universe. We got you good. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's li- no, I guess it's not illegal to lie, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we got you. We lied to you. You thought you thought that wasn't going to be in there. But guess what? It is. Uh, but I think the Avengers is like a, a time jump as well, so I don't know how that would play well with the upcoming Miles game on, on PS5. Speaking of Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3, I saw this pop up and people were asking about it. Like, the rumor is that Spider-Man 3 Homesick is the title of the upcoming Spider-Man 3 movie. It's not the title. It, that no one has said this. It's all pure speculation from this. I don't particularly like the title either because yeah. it seems like the implications are going to be that he is home in this room. He like in this movie, he's back at New York, back in Brooklyn. I suppose maybe homesick could be factored in if like he's in like maybe Shield witness protection and he can't literally go back to his house. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. The we want, him, we want him in the city of New York though. That's the thing. Like we never got him see except for like the one scene. Yeah. Yeah, the the title doesn't roll off the tongue as yeah. as much to me. Uh, I mean, if it ended up being the title, it's not the biggest deal in the world. It's just the right. title. But uh, it seems like it would be weird if they didn't stick with the uh, if they didn't stick with kind of the home yeah. naming mechanism, right? So home's got to be involved. I'm, somebody's already thought of the title. Somebody out there is already right. We just need confirmation, right? Yeah, we just have to figure out exactly what it is, and and if even if it is homesick, and they like because you know. What was it? How long did they tell us in game wasn't the title of Avengers Two or mm-hmm. Avengers Four? And they were like, "Yeah, it's in game. We got you good." Marvel, you lying sons of bitches! You get us every I, time. I mean, I could see them dovetailing a little bit of the way. Like, what if it was like, um, 
Um, it could be Spider-Man uh, housewarming or something like mm-hmm. that because it's like house home kind of the same. I don't know exactly what that would indicate with the, with the plot of the movie, yeah. but you know they could maybe go that direction a little bit. Yeah, I, I was thinking like house arrest if he was like you know oh uh, yeah maybe wanted something like that like to tie into it. But you know again, who knows how the story is going to go? We've got several Marvel movies in between there that we may or may not get to see at this rate uh, in TV shows. So um, we. Regardless, say we're excited for Spider-Man three. Um, the first time in forever we've wanted to see a Spider-Man three, Mike. I mean, <laughs> what? Uh, um, I'm surprised people like Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, do you remember the last Spider-Man three? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. Don't don't get don't get too helps up. Uh, Avengers: Infinity War still making news. Uh, there was a 3D model of the um, the pager that someone found, and it was uh, has a sword reference on the back of the pager. I think that's so cool. I I love news like this because it's just like you can just imagine that if you were on set when that they when they shot that after credit scene with Nick Pager calling uh, Captain Marvel, uh, like oh if I was just on set if I just flipped that Pager over we would have been ahead of the game we would have been ahead of the last Spider Man movie of knowing the existence of a sword. So yeah. it's kind of cool to see that they were thinking of it even back then, and it makes me think at some point where we're just like. Was it the person that modeled the pager that was just like, oh, it'd be a fun reference to put sword on the back? Or did they think maybe at some point in time someone was going to turn over the pager? Or you would usually you think kind of like these things are siloed off, right? The 3D mm-hmm. modeler or the prop maker that has to make the pager for this uh, post-credit scene, like he's not in the same whiteboard meetings with Kevin Feige. Does that right. mean that he well, knew that sword he, was going to be a thing even that he, far ahead of time? So here's the thing. The pager was made for Captain Marvel, and then they shot the post credit scene after they shot Captain Marvel. So the pager had to line up. Well, because even, remember, but also so, even with the Captain Marvel movie, sword isn't referenced. It, did, in it didn't exist, Marvel. but they could. That, that's I think they'd be like, okay, we're making this for Captain Marvel. She's going to space at the end of it. She's going to leave this pager behind, and he's like, oh, space Marvel, I could put sword on here which is a fun reference that no one may or may not see. Yeah. I just, I just love the idea of just like something yeah. in the movie. Like if I could just go into the scene right now and just turn this prop around, I could be a year and a half ahead of uh, ahead of everybody else in the MCU. If I could just turn this thing around. So it's pretty cool. Uh, if you, if you look up the, uh, if you look up the news story, there's actually like a picture, I think it's on Reddit, yeah. right? In one of the Marvel reddits where you can see the, the printing of it. It's really, it's like really small. It's not like big bold letters, yeah. sword written in Sharpie on the back of it. But uh, I think everybody knows uh, that listens to the show that I'm like super amped for a space station in the <laughs> MCU. It's just going to give, it's just going to give so much more believability to kind of our heroes and our storylines reaching out into space from earth because everything's so terrestrial now. So it's kind of like, it's kind of fun to see the world of the MCU yeah. kind of like slowly evolving into space. Yeah, well, I think with, without a Guardians of the Galaxy on the horizon, that's about where we can look to. So, mm-hmm. knock on wood. Also, um, just so I know, every MCU theatrical release, except The Incredible Hulk, is on Disney Plus now. Ooh. Ant-Man and the Wasp moved over from Netflix um, this week. This week as there well. You go. So um, you can almost be a, you can almost be a completionist. Do you want to? Do you need to watch it though? <laughs> I thought about it. I well, thought about it long need, and hard, and I'm like, all they need, all they need to do is go go over to your house, Chris, and knock on your door, and I'm sure you got a steel book for them. I had isn't three copies the, of this at one point. It was too many isn't copies. The steel, isn't the steel book green for the Incredible Hulk? Like no, the the metal, original the Blu-ray was metal. green. Um, oh, okay. But the steel book, because it's not made by Disney, is made by Universal. Universal. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't fit in with the rest of them, but that's fine. It's perfectly fine. Whatever. 
Um, the only thing that carries over from the Incredible Hulk is uh, General Ross. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's about it. It's fine. I think it's a fine movie. The Universal owns it, so Disney's never going to let you watch it. I think I even looked it up on Just Watch. You can't find this movie anywhere else to stream. So uh, good luck with that. <laughs> Speaking of Disney and their movies and 4K stuff, uh, they are now limiting the number of 4K titles released on physical media in the future. Now, this is means anything retroactively will not be upscaled. Um, I, I, I had to go look this up because they're not, not really seeing new 4K movies. They're just not going backwards to upscale 4K movies to physical. Those put gotcha. up So they're not going to try to push old content on you with the 4K. More than likely what they would do, if they did upscale it, they'd just be like, oh, 4K now streaming on Disney+. Plus. That's exactly what it is. So like they, I think like most of the Fox ones are done, they said, and like they're not going to do physical. And a lot of it boils down to not because they don't want to, People will buy this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's those coronavirus concerns with handling physical media still. Where these are made, where they're being shipped to, how do they control this? Um, the production and the handling. And so a lot of physical stuff is being kind of canned uh, right now. It may come back later, but like in the interim, digital is the way to go um, kind of thing. I mean, I also, this is, this, is, this is one of the advantages that Disney Plus had from the very beginning is Unlike uh, Netflix, where you have to pay for a premium tier to get the 4K streaming, you don't have to do that over at Disney+. Plus. So this kind of yeah. helps them maybe compete against Netflix well, a little bit more, too. I've tried to stream a 4K movie from my media server to my Apple TV locally, right? Full mm-hmm. 4K. That thing, um, th- my network barely handles it, Mike. And you know I have a pretty good setup here. Um, mm-hmm. 4K is, I just, my, the new TV bots, 4K HDR. But I'm probably going to only be watching 1080 movies on it because, man, (laughs) that bandwidth allocation for 4K is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh, The thing is, what people don't realize, 1080 stretched twice is four of those squares. So it's 4X Mm -hmm. the data, 4X the bandwidth. So it's it's wild. But, I mean, does this – I mean, as someone who – you're a digital person. Like, you've been Mm -hmm. in that well well ahead of me. Does this affect you at all that you can't get into older movies? Okay. Not yet because I don't have a 4K TV yet. I think right. um, a lo- I think like a lot of uh, consumers out there yet they haven't quite moved on to the 4K 4K upgrade. Now I think it'll happen like the next cycle, right? Because I would I would think almost uh, most of the mainline TVs and stores right now are 4K televisions. You know, mm-hmm. nobody wants to uh, buy something that's going to be old like a week later. Uh, but yeah, the TV I've had, I've had for probably like four or five years now. It's, you know, 1080. I, I get everything that I want out of it right now. So until I get the need to really play something in 4K, which will probably be next gen consoles, mm-hmm. uh, I, I just I just don't need the 4K stuff right now. Yeah, does your PlayStation output 4K? I don't think it does, does it? It doesn't have a 4K. No, it's yet. it's just the nor- it's not the Pro. It's just yeah. the slim PS4. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that you know, the TVs, I, again, I was looking like. For four hundred dollars, you can get like a fifty-inch four K TV now. So like it's yeah, easily doable. You, uh, but <laughs> you sent me the link to the TV that you picked up today, and I, I looked at. it. I was like, dang, this thing's like only like six hundred dollars. I bought like a thirty-two-inch yeah. LCD TV back in the day that was like this much. It's crazy. Yeah, the prices are ridiculous. And I, I bought one that was like a little. I think the only it has like more um, HDMI ports because most of them ship with two now. I'm like, mm-hmm. what two things are you plugging into your TV? Like, how do you only have two? Yeah. Um, but but that's that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I, I think it's easy to get them. But you know, at the same time, how do you get a player that works on on that? Like, where do you where do you watch your four K at? Like, <laughs> did you have the do you have a Roku four K? I guess. I mean, they I know they have them, but I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Tron three officially in the works with Jared Leto and director Garth Davis. 
And even though the trades are saying this is officially in the works, it's still not given a green light yet. So it may get up to the point of filming and they can still pull the can. So I don't yeah. know what this means. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious if like... Uh, if this is a decision maybe based on analytics, right? Because we talked about, you know, the prop show that's on Disney Plus mm-hmm. where they, I think, is it the first episode that they talk about Tron? Yeah. Or is it so. uh, later one or, one or, on? Yeah, no, so, the first one is Mary Pop and the second was Tron. Gotcha. So maybe they're looking at the Disney Plus analytics. They're just like, okay, well, people are really digging this Tron episode of the prop show. Uh, people are streaming the Tron movies on, a, on our Disney Plus platform. Uh, we have the data here. There's an appetite for this Tron stuff. Uh, you know, Jerry Little's hot right now. Uh, you know, uh, so maybe we make a third Tron movie, and I wouldn't be surprised if this doesn't make it to theaters. Maybe it's a Disney Plus exclusive. Well, also, um, Jared Leto, I think, is just a Tron fan, um, and maybe there's no there's no mention that any of the cast from the last movie will even come back. Um, even though I'd like to see Garrett Hedlund and, and Olivia Wilde come back, and what's uh, the the dude um, Jeff Bridges? But like, there's no word that like they're even involved. So is this like kind of like a soft reboot? Is it you know the future of it? What what does it look like? And you know, Jared Leto, is how much of this is he like producing himself? to kind of push it forward rather than yeah, I w- Disney I would being like, like yeah, something- we might... Yeah, I would like to see something new and creative maybe done with this specific installment because the first film, you know, was groundbreaking and trailblazing for the special effects. Even the second movie was kind of one of the first films to do the de-aging actor. Uh, I don't know technically if it gets uh, full credit for, you know, uh, being the first, but it definitely did it before we were seeing it in a lot of the MCU uh, and and big big budget stuff. So it'd be cool maybe if they did something new and unique for uh, Tron 3. I don't know what it would be but I'm looking forward to maybe somebody flexing over there. Yeah, I mean, what the internet was back in the 80s versus what the internet is when Tron 2 was made versus what the internet is even now, whole different worlds. Uh, so mm-hmm. um, hopefully it's not a Wreck-It Ralph 2 scenario. No, it, it's all emojis. Cre- and <laughs> I have a my wild, wild uh, um, uh, theory and guess is that this is going to be a choose-your-own-adventure interactive movie. Uh, kind of what Netflix has been dabbling in. I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm not saying I'm craving interactive content, but it seems like Tron 3 might be a a decent uh, property to maybe try it out with. Scratch that. This is the next evolution of Quibi. You watch (laughs) it all on your phone. You can choose the actions on your phone, Mike, the whole way through. Oh, man. Well, I was was thinking of like new, like, you know, new video technologies, like the face swapping technology Mm -hmm. is uh, getting pretty mainstream now. There's like an app that's going around that's kind of viral where you can put your faces on people in music videos. Like maybe you could be watching it and just like. Yeah, like, no, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this actor's face. Um, uh, Let me swap in this actor or let me de-age this actor with a slider. I mean, that would be wild. They're they're not going to do that, but it would be pretty crazy, right? Here's the thing. We're going to switch gears because you're leading literally into our next topic here. Oh, Um, yeah. I didn't even realize it. You didn't even realize (laughs) it. So Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead movie, which was filmed last year. I think it's a Netflix um, movie. uh, Will replace uh, troubled actor Chris, uh, is that Delia? Delia? De- uh, with, Della, I, I I always say it Della, but I'm not 100 percent sure how it's yeah. said. With a comedian and Star Trek Discovery actress Tig Notaro. Oh, um, I love Tig Notaro. If you're not familiar out there, she's a uh, stand-up comedian that has a very mm-hmm. dry wit, which I really really love. She had a short-lived uh, show on, I think it was Amazon Prime. 
I think it was called Mississippi One, if I remember correctly. Uh, but she's she's just hilarious. Uh, she does a really good job kind of treading through some traumatic stuff that she's gone through uh, with her life with some really funny humor. Uh, she has this she has this amazing bit in the last stand-up special I watched from her. I don't know if she has a new one out recently where she has this oncoming gag where she, through her whole special, she's like, wouldn't it be so hilarious if I brought out um, – uh, uh, what's what's that famous uh, female, uh, all female, uh, kind of like indie, indie folk group? I can't think of their name off the top of my head. But she teases that Tegan she's going to bring. Sarah? No, no, no. But <laughs> she she teases that she's going to bring them out through the whole act, and then she's like, no, 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 they're not actually here. They're not actually here. Like, or maybe they are. And then the crowd laughs, and then no, no, no. But then at the very, very end, she does actually bring them out. It's 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 hilarious. But anyway, that's my uh, long-winded way to say Tignataro is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, the only, I only know her from the the newest Star Trek Discovery series. So she she was in that, um, but she's got you know a, a huge uh, list of, of filmography, a little bit indie stuff, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, but she's looking. They're going to replace the, the actor Chris with digital and green screen replacements, like in every shot. He wasn't the main actor. I had to look this up. Uh, Dave Batista is like the main actor, and mm-hmm. um, there this this one person who is um, there in um a group of mercenaries going into the zombie world to get something or other. So they're going to use green screen and face replacements to do shot by shots like of this with, with Tig replacing Chris and put it back in the movie um, because they're not refilming this movie. They filmed last year for Netflix. This is yeah. a wild, this is a wild thing. Yeah. It, it's kind of strange because if, if anybody's kind of up for this specific task, I would say Zack Snyder is just because he mm. is just like so in depth and going back and redoing films and also just kind of uh, very special effects heavy films. So yeah. if he could pull it off, I think he could. I think this is also just kind of meta hilarious as well, uh, just because uh, Chris Della is kind of being outed uh, for uh, kind of uh, misogynistic and sexist things. And then they yeah. literally put, replace him uh, with a very uh, uh, female uh, focused uh, oh. a, a feminist, uh, you know, comedian. Uh, so I think that's really uh, great and ironic, but also like, um, like I, uh, I said at the top of the show before we started recording, the wife and I are going back and re-watching uh, How I Met Your Mother. And they do this really funny bit in one episode where they bring in Will Sasso to play like a bartender. And the joke is, oh, this bartender has always been there. He's always been in the background. We're just now getting around to telling a story about uh, this character played by Will Sasso. So they went back and they edited some kind of iconic scenes from older episodes. And they just like digitally uh, put Will Sasso in the background and he's just standing there like oh, hey this is great guys huh I'm just I've been here the whole time and I'm just imagining like doing that with like Tignataro like oh just put her in the background she's just like kind of standing around like um, Vince uh, from Pulp Fiction you know he has the coat on his jacket and he's got his hands up like huh where am I what's going on oh yeah like like I, like, I totally see that like just leaning into like how unbelievably fake it looks the whole way through just mm-hmm. like yeah it's whatever we're in, we're in a movie with zombies so um, I, I'm, I'm this movie I forgot kind of existed because Zack Snyder's been working on, you know, his his Snyder cut for so long. So. Yeah, I mean, I I think we were both kind of looking forward to this film just because the premise yeah. sound very he, sounded very interesting. He did Dawn of the Dead remake in two thousand four two thousand five, the one that James Gunn rewrote, right? Um, and it's an awesome zombie movie. It's a great zombie movie, especially with the the in the arm the 
the since it's a remake of Dawn of the Dead, and it was great. So hopefully that this was going to be something similar to that. Hopefully, it, directing all these large movies has not gone to his head, and something small is exactly what he needed to do to to work stuff out of his system. But like now they've got to go back and edit it even more. So do you think this will delay it another year? I know we don't have a release date, but like, how long do you think they'll take to do this? <laughs> yeah, I guess he's got to finish the Snyder Cut first, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems like a lot of stuff uh, even over on Netflix uh, all digital, you know, is still having to move stuff around in their schedule. So there's a chance even if it was done, it might have been moved anyway. Yeah, I mean who knows? I mean, it still looks like it's moving along and Netflix is, rather than trashing it because of one bad, you know, um minor character they've decided to kind of go with it so very curious to see how they pull it off that's for yeah. sure watch like three scenes total that's, that's <laughs> what i'm that's what i'm expecting for uh tenant right tenant yeah that, that's it right? yeah, you, because you, because you got me con- self-conscious about this now <laughs> christopher nolan's tenant 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 that's what i was saying <laughs> tenny tees um august 26 release is still planned mike tickets are on sale now go get them buy them up uh, well, get to the movie theaters i mean uh this is the uh <laughs> this is the international release right i, I nope. suppose it could land in the united states and some select audiences right it is at um this is for the I, i'm only saying this because it is for the american release they uh, i don't know about ticket sales internationally I mean, uh, but, I would be shocked if anybody in California gets a gets a shot to watch this movie, considering mm-hmm. uh, how things are not really improving well, that well out here. But I, a- damn, AMC, I think I think <laughs> AMC is doing like fifteen cent tickets when they reopen at the end of the month, which is uh, I think they're doing a little bit of damage control with that promo. Yeah, for sure. that was not a very good promo. So I mean, I I don't know. If AMC doesn't have the prices for this, but I've seen <laughs> some smaller um, smaller markets have some of these these screenings for this and that goes yeah. into the next yeah, i think ahead. i i think i did see some news recently since we're talking about movies coming out i think the new spongebob movie that mm-hmm. what that is still i believe supposed to be coming out vod like or pvod premium vod however we're saying it now um that came out in uh canada this weekend that and i think it just barely posted like a million dollars at the box office but like technically it's the number one film in canada right now uh mm-hmm. this weekend so i, I yeah i suppose well, when, you, when you're, you're the canadian, only movie in theaters you know you <laughs> get that opportunity i suppose if you're a canadian you have a little bit more flexibility with what you can do with your life right now yeah probably, probably doing better uh what was it new zealand had four cases and shut down the whole country again <laughs> yeah um uh, yeah they're, they're they're harsh over there. that's where they're filming most of these things so i don't know how a lot of the filming's going to go with that um, on top of that, but that brings me to the next thing: New Mutants still coming to theaters August 26th. Is all the promotional materials now? Just get it out there, get it out there. It, We're probably gonna watch it with Korean subtitles because yeah. I'm not about to go out Put, into the world and uh, infect myself. <laughs> give me the premium. I will pay iTunes or Amazon to watch this. Just oh, put yeah, it out I, for me. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I don't want to watch it in theaters. Just put it yeah. up for us so we don't have to do the other ways with all yeah. the the you know people standing up in the theater and. All the sounds. I mean, problems? I'm not dropping thirty dollars for Mulan, but I'm dro- I drop thirty dollars for New Mutants just because I'm so dang curious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I want to see it. I want to see it so bad because we haven't really seen anything superhero related, you know, in the main. Got we got to do the spoiler cast on it. It's just yeah, been dangling forever. Yeah, we've been hyping this up since 2017. We we were still fresh at that point, right? Like two years into this thing, and mm-hmm. now here we are, six years in, and we still don't have it. So I don't I don't know what's mm. happening with this movie. Um. But we, we want to see it. So if you get a chance and you are going to the theaters to watch these movies, please be safe. Yes. Be careful. We want you to come back and listen to us. Um, and, uh, you know, don't don't ruin it for us if you do see it early because that'll be upsetting. But, you know, if you send us a review, that's perfectly fine. 
just say, hey, spoilers, and then <laughs> leave like 20 lines and then give us your review. That'd be perfectly yeah. good. So you can do that. Anyway, Mike, it's time to wrap up the show. Uh, it's 8 o'clock here. I'm going to go eat some dinner before I edit this sucker and put it up for the public to, to listen to. But if people want to know what you're up to and what you're doing, where can they find you at? Oh, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter. And you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Working on a new one this week. Hopefully you'll see it by the end of the week. Uh, Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see what you're doing, see what... I'm assuming uh, you're going to be live streaming yourself turning off motion smoothing on your brand new TV. Where can they find that? Oh, you can find me on uh, Instagram, Valdan87, or Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. I've been actually... Because of our friend, a friend of the show, Quentin Parker, has been streaming. Follow him on on Twitch, right? Is it uh, Bougie Q? Um, yes, I believe Bougie it. Q over. Uh, yeah, Twitch. If you're if you're a fan of Apex, apparently yeah. he's really good at Apex. Uh, because I always assume in battle royale games, it's very mm-hmm. very hard to get the W. I mean, I've yet to do it in a game of uh, Call of Duty, but uh, apparently he's posting clips all the time of him winning Apex games. I don't know how he does yeah. it, so uh, I guess he's really good at but, the game. Well, he, he got himself a face cam, and he's using that along with this t- Twitch stream, and you know he's trying to get to to a higher status. So I'm, I want people to go out and do us a favor this week if you do anything at all just go subscribe to his twitch channel yeah he's trying to hit uh, his goal of uh uh 50 followers right yeah over, something over like there. that guess and guess how much that costs to follow mike nothing. nothing it's free if you do it do it for us do it do it for the do it for the vine they don't know yeah, I'll, 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 I'll make sure it's up here in the show notes for people yeah. um and um but he's been streaming so i've been trying to figure out how maybe i can stream the avengers game when it comes out because you know i'm gonna be wanting to do that and uh, well, the last thing I streamed was Iron Man's VR for a little bit, like two hours, and before that was Spider-Man. So, you know, all these Marvel games, really, I want to stream. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that before before that launches. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be putting it on, the, on those channels rather than turning off motion smoothing. All right, Mike, people know where they can follow us, find us, see more, leave a review even. Where can they do that at? Oh, it's so easy to do, Chris. All you got to do is head on over to SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the places we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. Our show notes are even extra awesome this week because we got three shout-outs to three fans of the show at the top of the at the top of the notes. So please go check that out, those awesome links there. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts like ours. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and the Gram, and you can get swag at superheroslate.com slash store. Uh, obviously, we love hearing from you because when we hear from you, we like to uh, we like to promote you. So if you're working on any really cool uh, stuff that you want us to know about, send it on over our way, and, and we'd love to give you a plug. Uh, you know, uh, paying it forward, if you will, because we love it that you guys are listening to us, and we want people to pay attention to you. So uh, reach out. We love hearing from you, and we love our super fans. So if you want to be a super fan of this show to get the glorious opportunity to play on online uh avengers with chris <laughs> you got to have that super fan check marker he's not going to yeah. accept your friend request hey. uh, all- <laughs> well on that note the avengers beta is open for everybody playstation xbox and pc next weekend and you can preload it probably on wednesday or thursday so keep your out if you want to try it before it comes out without having to pre-order it hop onto that that thing and just add me you know valdan on xbox valdan 87 on playstation yeah. So, uh, but he's like I said, he's not going to accept that friend request unless he knows you're a super I, fan. You got to share. In, oh, in order to be a super fan, you just got to share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we'll be here every week, baby. Stay tuned next week. Fandom. Fandom. Superhero Slate Dome, Mike. 
Yeah, Do the it. dome. Take it Two to guys the dome. Two guys enter. Oh, One man probably take, leaves. <laughs> I said take it to the dome, and I think that's like a double. It's like a double entendre because I think it can be sexual but also violent. So let's, uh, let's not do that. Take let's it to it. the dome? Question mark. Question mark. All right, oh, we'll see you guys boy. next week. All right, bye everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. <laughs> Look to the chicken nuggets. Look to the, the Look to the online shopping. <laughs> Look to Zuck.